We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by Jets cornerbacks coach slash defensive assistant, senior defensive assistant, <laughs> Tony Ontio. So great to have you up here, finally. Oh, I appreciate it. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, let's take this back to 1999. Goodness, 1999. Okay. Tony Oden, the head coach of Army's <laughs> JV team, huh? That's right. That's right. No, it was, what was uh, that experience like? Oh, it was phenomenal. The year before, I was the uh, defensive coordinator for it. Uh, the person that had the head coach role before moved on, so I was elevated for that year. But it was phenomenal. Um, I tell people all the time, talk about my experiences at West Point. It was it was precious. Um, I felt like you were part of something special. You know, you got the future leaders of the world there, um, but they're normal guys. You know, I, before I went there, I thought they were going to be all ah, but they're, <laughs> really? they're normal. They laugh, they jump. I mean, they're they're us. They're our brothers, our sisters. They're us. Um, but it, it was it was awesome. It was a great opportunity for me to um, look at things from a global perspective as opposed to a position specific perspective. You know, try to bring everybody together, uh, talk to them pregame, uh, halftime, you know, making slight adjustments, uh, communicating with the, the offense during the game as well as the defense. So it was, it, was, it was great, but it was fun. You know, it wasn't a lot of – I put pressure on myself because you wanted to do well. Right. But it wasn't like it was on TV or anything like that, you know. Um, so the pressure wasn't as high as it is in the higher higher stakes games. But it was unbelievable. Perfect. I loved it. I love West Point. Love uh, it. How different is it coaching – men at West Point who everybody is going to have to, when they're done, go and surf? Well, fortunately, uh, when I coached there, we weren't at war. Right. You know, so, and we hadn't been for a while. Um, so it wasn't one of those things that was uh, on the foremost uh, front of their minds. You know, obviously they knew it was always a possibility those things could happen. Um but you just felt like you're a part of something special. Uh, it made me a better coach uh, because of their work ethic that they have to have internally before they even come, and also the work ethic that they're taught while they're there. Um, they're very, very intelligent. They're forward thinking. They're problem solvers. So I always had to have my meetings right. You know, if, if I said something in the meeting room, I better back it up on the field. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> they would call me out in a minute, in a good way. So, but it makes me made me become a better coach, more detailed. Um, be able to develop an e economy of words when coaching, you know, not rambling um, and those kind of things. But it, it was it was an awesome experience. Priceless. It, priceless. Yeah. And then your career took off. Obviously, those are the early stages of your career. But what did you like about the position being the head coach, being the guy? It, it was it was good. Um, but, you know, there was nothing that I was doing or we were doing or the coaches before me who had that position that was anything different than what we were already doing. You know, uh, in that role, you want to make sure you're complimenting what the, our uh, varsity guys were doing so our defenses were the same, the calls were the same. Um, but it just felt different being in front of the room um, when all eyes are on you. You know, it's totally different. It's different when you're in the back of the room as opposed to the front of the room. When they're listening to you uh, for motivation, they're looking to you for answers, they're looking to you for uh, game time decisions, you know, accepting penalties and those kind of things. Um, but like I said before, because it wasn't a uh, high-pressure game, uh, even though I put pressure on myself because I wanted to do well, I didn't feel it externally. Right. You know, which adds a whole nother variable to it. You know, um, but it, it was it was it was excellent. Like I said, it was a priceless experience uh, for me to have the opportunity to do. So it was it was it was awesome. Some would make the argument that 
Robert Sala is not in this seat right now had it not been for T.O. in 2005. Oh, uh, can, yeah. you, can you talk about that specific experience with you and Robert early on in your NFL coaching careers? Right, well, first of all, I would say he, he probably would, because of the man he is, he probably would be in that seat. Yeah. He would just probably had to find a different avenue. It wouldn't have been in that instance. Um, but um, I was coaching college after I left West, West Point a couple years. Um, Find myself at uh, Central Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was there, he was already there as a graduate assistant. assistant. Um, and I believe that was in 2003 at the time, going into the 2004 season. Um, I had a chance to talk to him and watch some of the things that he did um, from a uh, preparation standpoint in that supportive role. I thought it was pretty sharp and innovative. Um, I learned from it. I used some of the things that he taught me on the computer and then I got in the NFL with the Houston Texans um, for that year. And to make a long story short, I replaced two people, so I had a heavy workload. Right. Um, so the next year, they allowed me to bring someone else in, and there was no, no other person that I wanted to bring in other than him because of the impression that he left on me um, just within that two or three months that I was there with him at Central Michigan. So... He came in uh, and obviously did, a, did an awesome job down there for us as a quality control coach um, in 2005, yeah. like, like you mentioned. Um, and then I left to go on to uh, New Orleans Saints, and he stayed there and, and got better and better and better and exposed to more people, other coaches, uh, other family trees. Um, so they were able to see what I saw and what other people saw before he even got to Central Michigan, that he was a star in the making. He said, starting to make it. Oh, what what was he like in 05? Because we, we, same we, guy. Really? Energetic, um, like forward thinking, um, very progressive in some of the things that he would do. Um, you didn't have to ask him to do much because it was already going to get done. If he saw a need, um, we had questions in the staff room about doing certain things. He was going to research it. You come in the next day and it was done. You know, and done in such a manner that you didn't even think it could be done that way. Yeah. You know, that's what you what you look for, guys that are problem solvers, and he was that, still energetic, uh, understood his role and very supportive and, and did that to the uh, to a great extent. How insanely competitive is Robert? Because I look at him today, and he's approaching mid-40s, I'd say now. 40, yeah, right around there. Somewhere. Yeah, right around <laughs> there. And he's about 225 pounds. Rocked up. Rocked up, less than 10% body fat. A guy on the golf course, he's a maniac. Without question. A a maniac as far as whether it's Peloton or inside the weight room. Can you talk about his competitive nature? Every morning we have a little coaching um, workout group in the mornings at 6.15, so we get in there. And then Coach Sala comes in here. He doesn't work out in our group because he has his own special workout. (laughs) But he's over there. He's over there competing against himself. Yeah. You know, trying to trying to uh, do better than he did before or the week before. He just he has a competitive spirit and he wants to um, do better each time. Like I talked about before, we have projects or things of those those natures. Um, He wants to do it, but he wants to take it to the next level. Yeah. But that I think that permeates all parts of his his life and his livelihood, whether it's his family. Um, whether it's his coaching, whether it's coaching style, coaching staff, you know, he's always pushing to get better. How can we get better? You know, and, and, and I think you see that passion come out a lot of times on the field. Yeah. You know, which is which is awesome. Which is awesome. So you just talked about the Saints. You're working on Sean Payton's staff. You ended up winning a ring there. We but, did. 
did. what did you take away from Peyton? What did you learn from him? Oh man, I, I don't think we have enough time to, yeah. to, to say that um, because it's, it's, a, it's a ton of things. Um, just from a, and he leaned on others. That's one, one main things that I learned that he would always talk about the people that he reached out to, um, some other championship coach coaches that he had uh, spent time with in his career. And he would always bring some of their ideas into us. So I learned from that. Um, it's okay to go outside with your mentors and ask how did you do this and to be able to be transparent and say, hey, I learned it, all right, we're going to do this, and I learned it from this person, and here's the why. You know, I think that is one of the, one of the main things, um, along with a ton of other things that I brought in um, that I try to use as well, that I don't have all the answers. I'll never have all the answers, and it's okay to use the resources um, that you have. Yeah. You know, because um, there's a lot of people. We're not reinventing the wheel. Football's football. You know, they they run the ball, we tackle them. <laughs> they throw it, we knock it down or intercept it. You know, what I mean, that's that's not going to change. Um, so some people have done that before us. So, so it's okay to ask those questions. You know, and then you take it and you modify it based off of what you can do. And another thing, one of many, once again, that I learned from him is right. using your pieces your players that you have and what can they do best, you know, and not ask them to do things that they don't do well. Not that you're not going to work on those things, but you're going to maximize what they do best right now while you bring them up to speed on those other things, you know, and then use them in that way, you know, and and try to find different ways to do the same thing but make it look different to defense, make it look different to the offense, but you're doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, using that guy's skills, you know. So it's a lot of things I learned from, a lot of them. How, Winning is another one I learned from. <laughs> yeah. How, how fun is it going to be for you week five, you go to Denver, and Peyton's calling plays across from you, and, and you guys are going to be going toe-to-toe? No, it's, gonna be, and it's not our first time. Right. You know, it's been, been many, many times before. Actually, when I left there, I went to Jacksonville, and our very first preseason game was back in the Dome. Yeah? You know, and we won that game. It was a preseason <laughs> game, but we won Preseason it. game. We won it. Um, and I think it's probably um, – 50-50 in the games okay. um, that we've played. Um, even when Drew was there, we still we had some success, and obviously they had some success as well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of used to that part, you know, kind of detach myself from that. You love to see him before the game, shake his hand, and obviously check on his family and those kind of things. Uh, rem- probably reminisce on some of the tough times that we had early, early on um, there. But it's it's, it's going to be awesome in that aspect. And it was a funny story when I was at uh, my last year in Miami, head coach there. Um, the last preseason game, he will pick someone to be the defensive coordinator. So I was the defensive coordinator for that game, and that's from day one. So right after our third preseason game, we take it over. Okay. So we on we did the meetings, we did all the game prep, we did we did we did everything, and it was challenging because you still had to coach a position, right? You know as well. Um, and that game was in the dome against New Orleans when Sean Payton was calling the plays. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, I, once he knows I'm the quarterback, I know he's gonna try to light me up. <laughs> Did he try to light you up in the preseason? No, you know, we we we, we end up winning. That's yeah. the first thing. Um, but I I knew how the game was going, so I knew at some point he's gonna pull the trigger and push the ball down the field. You know, so I kind of had the guys ready for for that moment. He did try to push it down the field. He had a, I think we we either won it or tied it. I know we didn't lose it. Okay, I do know that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I knew that. So you mentioned Breeze before. Now you're going out there in the practice field, and you guys have Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Blessings. It, it, yes. Special. <laughs> Both of those guys special. That's right. Can, can you 
and you've faced Rogers before. Mm-hmm. I, I know this. Many, many times. Many times. But can you talk about the similarities between those two guys? I mean, and then we can talk about, obviously, there are obvious differences, but the similarities, what kind of uh, um, kind of things they bring to the table? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, don't want to compare them too much. Right. I would say the thing that I compare the most, they're both the quarterbacks. All right. Yeah. Um, they both know how to win. Um, they both won Super Bowls. All right. Uh, the biggest thing I would say, one of the biggest things I would say is that um, they have a presence about them that you really can't put your finger on. They are a, uh, both leaders of men, and it, it comes naturally to, to them. Um, they don't have to strain to lead. They lead by example. They lead by um, just their presence and how they do things, you know, and people naturally gravitate to them and they watch them. And they're okay with that. They're okay in their own skin, you know, being them and being able to lead in their way. Definitely different types of leader leadership characteristics they have, um, but they both are very positive, uh, great teammates. Obviously, I wasn't their teammate. I wasn't Drew's teammate, but watching from a coaching perspective, all those guys love to play with and for him. They play hard for him. Yeah. You know, uh, and the same thing just with my limited experience uh, watching Aaron right now, it's the same thing. The minute he walks in, it's obviously instant credibility because of who he is, but it's just his presence. It's a very uh, welcoming, engaging um, presence that it, uh, is permeated through the building, is permeated through the offense, and also through the defense. You know, he comes up and he asks questions of the defense, uh, asks questions of our guys, and is willing to share that information. You know, some of the biggest lessons that I learned from a secondary standpoint was talking to Drew. Really? You know, and some of the things that he looked at, and I use them every year with our guys. You know, um, same thing when I was with Stafford. Stafford was the same way in regards to being a great communicator uh, and helping me out grow as a coach, helped me out a lot growing as a coach in regards to some of the things they're, they're doing, some of the reads they have, some of the whys, you know, and that to me will make the teams grow, that willingness to share that information because it's critical. We're all trying to win. We're all trying to win, and, uh, you know, those are some of the similarities, I would say. Jets fans, we're in our final push, and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. It's interesting you just mentioned Stafford because as soon as you did, I started thinking about these great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, after they run in New England, he goes to Tampa, he wins the Super Bowl. I like where Pey- you're going. Peyton, I like where you're going. Peyton, Peyton Manning <laughs> has this unbelievable run keep in talking. Indianapolis, keep, goes to Denver, keep talking w- to wins him. the Super Bowl. Keep talking. Matt Stafford. <laughs> Let's go. Puts up big numbers in Detroit. Ooh, keep I mean, talking. Never experienced that success, but then year one mm. wins the championship with the Rams. That's pressure. There's precedence here. <laughs> There's precedence. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this has it happened. Is. It is. This can happen. Right, right. It's not hypothetical. It is it, happening. We've seen it, and we've seen it in recent years. But you know, one of the things we talked to our guys about, and I talked to our group about, is that we're just going. We can't worry about that right now. You know, we just have to win today. 
Yeah. You know, and before that, our smaller goal is to win this meeting. You know, and it starts with me. I have to win when I go into that room as a coach. You know, I have to have a winning attitude. My 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 meetings had to be done, and, and I have to prepare like I'm a winning coach, so they can have an opportunity to learn what I'm saying. All right, so they can win that meeting, and then after that, we chalk that up, and then we go out and win our walkthrough from a communication standpoint, an execution standpoint, um, a, a competitive. Uh, communication standpoint and then we go win that period you know and then you add that up at the end of the day and then you do you earn the right for one more day to go out there and do it again and you just keep doing it and you just keep doing it then success happens and then we go have fun on Sunday have you told the fellows about your ring with New Orleans they 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 know but I don't talk about it about, you don't talk about, about it. no not, cause this is about the now you know now sometime I may go back and, and make reference to it, or someone else may make reference to it. But it's, it's so long ago. Some of these guys, you know, may have been in middle school, elementary school, um, and they're really not long ago for me. I remember that. Game. You remember? Yeah, yeah. I remember too. It's, it's down, pretty down nice. Miami. And speaking of, Miami, of Manning, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 You beat a pretty good player. Oh yeah, pretty it, good team right there. It, it was kind of funny because we um, we were, were winning. Um, they ended up uh, we get an interception. We ran it back for a touchdown. We we're up by two scores. And everyone's celebrating. It was in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, listen, congratulations. That's a good job right there. But we got, hey, it's Peyton Manning over there. You know, yeah. <laughs> we cannot celebrate too long right now because he's going to go back down and he doesn't care. You know, he can go down there and score, get onside kick, and go score again, and they win. So right. we got to celebrate it, be happy about it. Good job. But that play is over. Let's move on to the next one. You know, um, we got we to get him back off the field. We don't want him with the ball in his hand at all. What can you tell us on camera as far as how you celebrated that win? Uh, I, it was pretty subdued because it was, really? it was, it was kind of a, a numbing feeling. I would say that. Yeah. I just remember being on the field. Uh, my wife came down the field and was celebrating. Um, you know, you kissed the, kissed the trophy. First of all, I'm like, I'm a mini germaphobe, you know, so everyone's kissing his trophy, but I didn't care. I kissed the trophy too. Yeah. <laughs> so I let my guard down. But I tell you what, in, with all the pomp and circumstance that were involved with that, it really hit me when I got in the locker room. And even the celebration in the locker room initially, you know, you know there was uh, some liquid being poured on people. We won't say what kind of liquid, but you know they it's shake fine. it and throw it. You know, you know maybe kids watching, uh, don't do it. Twenty one <laughs> years old. All right, um, but it's when I started to take a shower, I looked up in the the corner and they had a, a TV up there and it says New Orleans Saints. It was Sports Illustrated, I believe. You have won the Super Bowl. They were selling like the memorabilia and the memberships to the Sports Illustrated. So you have won the Super Bowl, and it finally hit me. I was like, wow. We won the Super Bowl, you know, and that's when it, that's the moment I remember the most. My wife celebrating with her on the field uh, in that moment, you know, and then looking in our players' eyes, the moment, the feeling of relief, accomplishment, you know, all the blood, the sweat, the tears, um, and that's what I want for our guys mm -hmm. here. You know what I mean? I want because I have done it before. Obviously, I want another. I got a bunch of. Uh, fingers and only had one ring and my wedding ring in that one. All right, uh, I want it, but I want it for them. You know, I want them to 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 remember these hard days um, in May. Yeah. Um, the hard days, the the hard nights, the the, the soreness, and to have them have that success. Uh, a coach told me a long time ago. He said, "We're going to walk together today, but we're going to live together forever." And that's what those moments bring. Yeah. You know, that group of guys, when we see each other, it's, it's instant love. You can never take it away. That's you know? a special fraternity. And that's what I want for our guys. You know, that's what I'm 
that that's a driving force for me. I, that's a that's a passion because I want them to have the success. I want them to be able to provide for their families, live their dreams, be able to financially provide for their families. All right, and but but to win it is something totally different. It's an extra sauce, you know. It's special. You Speaking know. of sauce, man, you're inside my head. Who's that? <laughs> you're inside my head right now. <laughs> How cool is that for you as a coach to watch? Aaron Rodgers invite Sauce out for a night on the town, <laughs> New York City, to go to a fancy dinner, and then they're sitting by Jessica Alba courtside in the Knicks game. Right. Yeah. It was he is uh, the course that he's on right now is kind of really unprecedented in a lot of ways, um, just because where we are in society, in my opinion, in regards to like social media and just mm. being available to people all the time. You know, and to have the success that he's had as a young person within that media market, this media market, and within the social media aspect of things, it elevates it even more. So there's a lot on his plate, you know, but he's still a young man yeah. that's still experiencing life. So to be able to see him have those moments to experience life as a, as a young man, not as Sauce Gardner, but as a young man. Now, he's had that experience because he's Sauce. You know, he was in that seat. And, and with Aaron Rodgers because he's sauce, but still have a young man experience with people you don't know, like new things. You know, and that's interesting to, uh, and fun to watch him grow as, as a young man. And he is. He's a, a phenomenal young man. And all our guys are. We have our room, our organization have done a phenomenal job um, with the guys that, that, that they selected and brought into this building. They brought good people, good men. Um, so all our, he's a reflection of, of everyone in our room, everyone on our defense, you know, and all the guys we have on our team just in general. He just one of the guys who've had some success that everyone's kind of kind of gravitated towards. But um, he is a wonderful young man, um, has a, a phenomenal upside. Um, and I keep telling him people think they know what he is and they think they've seen how good he can be, but they have no idea yet. Okay, We're, we're just scratching the surface. <laughs> Why did you two hit it off? Immediately, I'm talking pre-draft process. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about oh, when yeah. you're on the staff. I'm talking oh, about doing the whole a, process. A, yeah, a, after pro day, mm -hmm. he points to where you guys went for breakfast oh, after yeah. his workout. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Can you talk about? You knew he was a special player, but there was more than that. Well, when you, when you, you talk to people, um, obviously we were selecting high, and everyone, in, every coach in the building is, you know, uh, hoping that they get their player picked at that time. So I know. When you select a guy with that type of pick, it has to be the right person. All right, obviously we know about the athleticism um, and what he has to do from a performance standpoint. Um, but that person has to be the right person for you as a coaching staff. Um, we have to have a good connection. I always say we're entering into a relationship right now. You know what I mean? Kind of like a marriage almost. You know what I mean? We're going to have to be able to work together. I'm going to have to be able to work and talk and coach you. All right, so – when we have those meetings, in, in, as informal as it was for going to breakfast, um, we need to we need to learn more about each other as men. You know, you know some of the things that he wants out of life, the things that I want out of life. Because if if all those things are aligned, we know about the talent. All right, you have to have that, and you learn more about the man. You know, because the man is right, the football is going to be right. If you get this, the right person, all right, and he is right on the field and off the field. All right, the football's going to fall in line. So it was important. It was important for us, like it is for all coaches. Not that 
my philosophy is any different than anyone else's, but it was very important for me to get to know him as a human, get to know his family, um, get to see him around other people in this building and how they respond to him, how he uh, responds to them, yeah. you know, how he treats them, um, because we want to bring the right person in the building. You know, um, I want someone, I look for someone that if my daughter's around them, I feel comfortable with that. If my wife is walking down the hall, I feel comfortable with that interaction, you know, um, you know, and he, he checks, checks all those boxes, but we, we hit it off, uh, well, uh, brought him here and he had dinner with us and with one of our, uh, coach's son and just to watch, we were at dinner and, um, coach Obrick's son came and to watch them connect and talk and he gave him genuine attention. You know what I mean? It was a one-on-one. I'm watching this. I'm like, that's a guy. Yeah. That's a real guy. He wasn't like he was just like, you know, pacifying them, talking to him. He was talking because he was interested in what he had to say. You know, and this is a high schooler. You know, so I knew we had the right guy. It was no no doubt in my mind that he was going to be successful and we were going to work well together. So what's next for him? Because I know that was a proud moment for you in January when he gets defensive oh, yeah. rookie of the year. Yeah. Not only does he get that, he's a pro bowler. He's he a first-team all-pro. I mean, he had all these – three boxes he checked them all um but what is next for him well i think with him and we've talked about it so i'm not going to say anything on here that we haven't talked about the sky's the limit for him the sky's the limit um but we got a couple secret things that i can't tell you <laughs> no i'm just joking no it just i know and one thing he's talked about is <clears throat> interceptions and and, and, right. and that's something that robert's talked about right. as well is that the next he led the NFL PDs, which P is incredible. That's right. But now it's, hey, coming down with a few yeah. more of them. Right. And it's, to me, when you have a, a young player that's, that's, that's playing in general, all right, especially uh, one that's playing at a high level, you don't want to tweak his technique too much. Right. You know what I mean? Because when you tweak something, there's a, a learning process and a learning curve in that. You know, so I wanted to make sure we, that I accentuate it the things that he can do well, once again, not the, the things that he has to work on in those moments. And we, we still worked on those things throughout the season, um, but we want I want to make sure I refine that technique to make sure the number one job for corners is not to have them catch the ball. That's the number one job, Yeah. period, point blank. Now, the, uh, the, the extra meat on the bone or the icing on the cake, all right, is the interception. You know, and that's what we're going to we're going to we're going to get to those. But it's it's so many other parts of his game. Sure. Um, that's one thing. You know, that's that's going to come. There's no no doubt in my mind, zero doubt in my mind that those things are going to happen if they continue to throw over there. Um, but there's so many other things that we can work on. That's why I say that people think they saw a great player last year. Um, if he continues to trend and put the work in um, that he is doing, um, that we expect him to do. Um, there's going to be a little something extra in there. Yeah, he could certainly get the Darrell Rivas treatment because he's well, he's so good that people are going to stay away from him. You, you, you never you never know. And some, it, it, but that's a, that's always I definitely don't want to compare those two guys because they are different. I and I coached Darrell for for one year down in Tampa. They are very different human. Have a different skill sets. Right. You know, uh, uh, very different skill sets. But they both are are very very good. Obviously at, at what they do. Um, so he's going to. He's going to continue to grow his game, you know, uh, learning football, uh, splits, formations, situational things, uh, getting stronger, um, 
giving more tools. I always talk about giving guys tools and a tool belt. Rookies usually have, I may give them two tools. You know, you got a hammer and, and, and uh, a Phillips head screwdriver. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now you master that hammer. You master that Phillips head. Okay, now you, you got a flat head. Now you got a wrench. Yeah. You know. Okay, you're going. You're not using that wrench well. Give me that wrench back for a while. Let's go back to these three tools that we can use. Now you can use that one. It's a slow burn. I think you have to take your time and teach the technique and get guys doing it the correct way first before you throw everything at them. You know, you master some things. You got that? Let's move on. Now some people can master it faster than others. So you have to be able to accelerate some of that growth and some of those techniques and those tools. But I got a bunch of tools in, the, in my toolbox over here. I'm ready for them to I, use them. I, I, I know you do. And I don't want to oversimplify this, but the scouting report on Sauce coming out was he's long, he's physical, he's great in man press. Well, what became clear during his rookie season under you, under Albrick, under Robert, is that he's thriving zone. Why, why was he able to do that? He's smart. He's smart. When you mentioned talking about like a West Point players, one of the things that they can understand formations because they are high-level thinkers. You know, um, he is a smart player, and he's also a problem solver. You know, that's to me is one of the things I look for in, in uh, the guys that I would like to coach that are problem solvers because the offense is going to do something unscripted. They get paid money over there too. You know, they're prideful too. They're not going to always give you exactly what you've seen on film. Most time they will, but they're going to have a couple of wrinkles every game. And who are the guys that can problem solve on the film, on the field, and recognize things quickly enough before they get to the sideline? Because the good offenses aren't going to let DBs get to the sideline for us to make the correction. Right. They, they're going to do it within that drive. And if you don't fix it on the field, that next first down or the next third down, that same thing or the the play they're setting up is going to come afterwards. It's going to come next. Um, so he can do that. He can problem solve. And he is smart, so he can't recognize formations and splits in the situation of the game and know that I'm not going to get this route because of the split. Or it may be the same split right here, but he outside release as opposed to inside release, so I know I'm only getting this. So I'm not going to play all those other things that can happen. I'm going to play the two things that he can do versus that release. You know what does I that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally does. And I want to talk about a couple of your other guys, but you're a great coach, so you're well, explaining I, this to I'm me. I'm around good players. <laughs> and I'm digesting this. But one of the things that – and tell me if this is the wrong way of viewing this, but one of the ways I viewed it last year with Sauce is that Stefan Diggs made a catch on you guys first play the game mm. at MetLife Stadium. Mm. And after the game – this Double move, out and up. Yes. Mm -hmm. It stood out to me, he said – that's not what they do. Mm -hmm. They broke tendency mm -hmm. there. And the more that he sees that over time, like that will be another tool it, that he has in his arsenal. But that just said to me that he, he knows exactly the way they're trying to attack you. And, that, and that's, that's one of the things um, that the growth is go it, his growth is going to continue um, pretty quickly because of that and, yeah. I, and I learned this from I learned it from Revis actually um, certain players get certain things you know um, generically speaking when you look at the film we always talk about okay here's what they do in this formation in this situation relatively speaking it may be these two things in this maybe this these three things in this formation all right but it's only one thing when they do this this motion right that's very generic thought process and it's correct 
But the other factor, the X factor of that is who is the individual that they're going against. All right, certain individuals have a certain skill set that they're going to do certain things from. So even though you may have seen them do it on film, that guy's not going to get that. Like Reeves wouldn't get curl routes, slant routes, because he was a very patient at the line of scrimmage. So that even though they may have done it a, a hundred times on film, he's not going to get that route. Right. There were certain routes we had to identify that he was going to get. And it's the same thing with Sauce. There's certain routes that he, even though we may see it on film, that he's going to get. Because he has some length, they're going to do certain things to negate his length. They're going to do certain thing, different things with the formations. They may have different uh, motions to it. They may try to use a double move to get him up off so they can try to create some space. You know, but the other factor in that is the player that's doing it. Not everyone can, can create space. Not everyone can create or have the speed to allow that separation on the double moves. You know what I mean? So that's part of the growth. Um, that one of the many things that he's going to get better and better and better at. Because now he's going to be able to make book on certain players, certain coordinators. This coordinator attacked me this way. So even though maybe a different year, this is how he attacks me, potentially. Yeah, he's just going to have know. more chapters in that book. I don't know. That happens, may or not happen. I'm just yeah. saying those are factors. Yeah. You know, but that's coaching. Yeah. And that's, but we, like I said, we have so many guys that, that like DJ Reed is unbelievable, but he, but he gets different things at times. When they want to go over there, they're going to get different things. Michael Carter, who is a, probably one of the best problem solvers that I've ever been around, um, he's going to get – if they want to go in that direction, they're going to do different things, different than if I was playing nickel. <laughs> You've been awesome with the time. we got to let you get going. But I got two quick ones. You just mentioned MC, MC the second, and also DJ. Did you know – you guys knew DJ was a good player. Yes. Yes. And you, oh, had, sure. you had high expectations for him. Did, extremely high. Did you think he was going to thrive that yes, much? No doubt about you, it. Yeah. Zero hesitation. No doubt about it. Wow. I was with him for a second in San so Francisco. So unique, though. He's so unique. It's, it's, our room was built specifically. Um, we have a smaller, quick, gritty, bite your face off uh, <laughs> DJ Reed. Yeah. You know, who's highly competitive and serious. And we have another guy on the other side who has a little length um, and some speed. You know what I mean? So they complement each other. You have MC as a problem solver, and he can do it all. You know what I mean? Uh, he can play big boy ball and make big tackles like a linebacker. He can cover like a corner. Um, he can go out there and run the defense and problem solve it. So we have a, a, a very good mixture of human beings. And then we have Brandon Echols. I mean, we, uh, Bryce Hall, you know, and the other guy that works back there, we work hand-to-hand is um, Ricky Manning Jr. Now, he's the guy that's played in the league, you know, so um, it, it can coach the nickel, you know, uh, better than anyone else that I've I've been around you know so it's a our organization has done a good job of giving us the pieces um to be successful now we just got to go out there and earn the right to do it one more time can you talk about the opportunities where we're gonna end uh, the opportunity ahead of you as far as with the league is concerned um there are, and I talked to Ron Middleton about this mm-hmm. before there are three black head coaches in the National Football League that's for fifth consecutive year the league is trying to do something to change that. Right. Can, you, can you talk about the program that you're going to be a part of this year and what that means to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a, uh, a coaches um, in front office acceleration program. Yep. 
um, that we're going to uh, pretty soon here. Um, and it's a way for us to kind of go uh, and meet with the front office, you know, some owners and some general managers um, and, and kind of find out and hear the process because we are in a lot of those meetings as assistant coaches, uh, whether it be salary cap uh, or just league business and those mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, so I think getting a, a better appreciation for those kind of things can get you in position and at least have a better understanding if you are afforded an opportunity to interview for one of those things and they ask you these questions, you can have a better foundation um, to speak on because you have heard some of that stuff before. The other thing is I think it exposes and you, you it's different when you shake someone's hand and you look them in the eye and mm -hmm. you get a chance to talk to them. All right, they can get a pretty decent feel of the man that you are, the man that you can be, because now you have a, a intimate relationship with, with that person, um, as opposed to just reading about it. So it allows some exposure. I think it's a, it's a phenomenal thing um, that the, uh, the NFL, uh, they're being forward thinking in that. They're being very deliberate uh, in, in exposing both sides to each other. Yeah. You know, um, and I obviously haven't gone yet, but from what I understand, there's great dialogue uh, between the, the owners uh, and the other front office. There's great sharing of information and, and ideas uh, both ways. Um, so we can understand each other. We can understand the direction of the league, the direction of our society, um, and hopefully that will lead to other opportunities, whether it be for me or for the next person. Yeah. You know, uh, to me, I think that I always look at things like uh, if what I'm doing is obviously – I want them to be successful and I want our players to be successful, but I want the person that's going to replace me one day or coming behind me to, to be successful because I have not messed it up for them. You know what I mean? That I have carried myself in a certain way um, that, that makes it easy for the next person to make a long story short. So whether it works out for me, hopefully it does, but if it doesn't work out for me, hopefully I would open the door or at least not let, let a door close for the next man behind me because of me, if that makes sense. We're going to have to catch up after that program, and maybe at some point in training camp we can awesome. get some kind of progress report. But, T.O., this was a lot of fun. No, I appreciate the time. Let's go. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Let's go. <laughs>